Part four Propositions twenty six to thirty of the Ethics by Spinoza. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Diana Meilinger. The Ethics by Benedict Espinosa. Translated by R. H. M. Elves. Part four Propositions twenty six to thirty. Proposition 26. Whatsoever we endeavor in obedience to reason is nothing further than to understand. Neither does the mind, in so far as it makes use of reason, judge anything to be useful to it, save such things as are conducive to understanding. Proof. The effort for self-preservation is nothing else but the essence of the thing in question. Part 3. Proposition 7 which, in so far as it exists, such as it is, is conceived to have force for continuing in existence. Part 3. Proposition 6. And doing such things as necessarily follow from its given nature. See the definition of appetite, Part 3, Proposition 9, Note. But the essence of reason is not else but our mind, in so far as it clearly and distinctly understands. See the definition in Part 2, Proposition 40, Note 2. Therefore, Part 2, Proposition 40, whatsoever we endeavor in obedience to reason is nothing else but to understand. Again, since this effort of the mind wherewith the mind endeavors, in so far as it reasons, to preserve its own being is nothing else but understanding. This effort of understanding is, Part 4, Proposition 22, Corollary, the first and single basis of virtue, nor shall we endeavor to understand things for the sake of any ulterior object. Part 4. Proposition 25. On the other hand, the mind, in so far as it reasons, will not be able to conceive any good for itself, save such things as are conducive to understanding. Proposition 27. We know nothing to be certainly good or evil, save such things as really conduce to understanding, or such as are able to hinder us from understanding. Proof The mind in so far as it reasons, desires nothing beyond understanding, and judges nothing to be useful to itself, save such things as conduce to understanding, by the foregoing proposition. But the mind, part 2, proposition 41, 43, and note, cannot possess certainty concerning anything, except in so far as it has adequate ideas, or, what by part two proposition forty note is the same thing in so far as it reasons therefore we know nothing to be good or evil save such things as really conduce etc quadra demonstrandum proposition twenty eight the mind's highest good is the knowledge of god and the mind's highest virtue is to know god proof the mind is not capable of understanding anything higher than God, that is, part 1, definition 6, than a being absolutely infinite, and without which, part 1, proposition 15, nothing can either be or be conceived. Therefore, part 4, proposition 26 and 27, the mind's highest utility or, part 4, definition 1, good is the knowledge of God. Again, the mind is active, only in so far as it understands, and only to the same extent can it be said absolutely to act virtuously. The mind's absolute virtue is therefore to understand. 
now as we have already shown the highest that the mind can understand is god therefore the highest virtue of the mind is to understand or to know god quadera demonstrandum proposition twenty nine no individual thing which is entirely different from our own nature can help or check our power of activity and absolutely nothing can do us good or harm unless it has something in common with our nature proof the power of every individual thing and consequently the power of man whereby he exists and operates can only be determined by an individual thing part one proposition twenty eight whose nature part two proposition six must be understood through the same nature as that through which human nature is conceived therefore our power of activity however it be conceived can be determined and consequently helped or hindered by the power of any other individual thing which has something in common with us but not by the power of anything of which the nature is entirely different from our own and since we can call good or evil that which is the cause of our pleasure or pain part four proposition eight that is part three proposition eleven note which increases or diminishes helps or hinders our power of activity therefore that which is entirely different from our nature can neither be to us good nor bad quod era demonstrandum proposition thirty a thing cannot be bad for us through the quality which it has in common with our nature but it is bad for us in so far as it is contrary to our nature proof we call a thing bad when it is the cause of pain part four proposition eight that is by the definition which see in part three proposition eleven note when it diminishes or checks our power of action therefore if anything were bad for us through that quality which it has in common with our nature it would be able itself to diminish or check that which it has in common with our nature which part three proposition four is absurd wherefore nothing can be bad for us through that quality which it has in common with us but on the other hand in so far as it is bad for us that is as we have just shown in so far as it can diminish or check our power of action it is contrary to our nature quod era demonstrandum end of part four propositions twenty six to thirty